0: A podcast brought to you by Energy Live News. It's Friday, it's four o'clock, it's Short Fuse. Hello, hello, how are you? I hope you've had a good week. And a big shout out to the boys from UKPN. Now, last Friday, uh, my other half and I, we came back from the theatre pretty half cut and they were digging up the holes in the street in front of us. And I was like, what on earth is going on, guys? They went, hello, mate, we know you. Because I do a bit of stuff with UKPN and then they had to move my car, which has a flat battery. So good on them for moving the green goddess and then they dug up the road. Only problem is guys, you're still digging it up. So hey, hopefully you can get that all fixed up. Uh, Lots of stuff going on this week, particularly we'll be talking about uh, big changes in the way that you and I could be uh, being paid to use our energy. But let's start off with our story of the week and it's this one. It is all about Cuts at British Gas or Centrica. Centrica, the owner of British Gas, announced this week that it's going to cut 4,000 jobs. That's pretty hefty. So the jobs are going to go by 2020. Uh, Why? Well, it's always the same, isn't it? It's figures. So operating profit has fallen by a staggering 17%. So you think about that, it's nearly a fifth, right? Uh, to 1.25 billion. It's still a lot of money, but it's it's gone. Um, The CEO, the big boss man, Ian Conn, he blamed it on a couple of things. One is poor performance of their US business. They've got a big arm in the US. But also, he made a point of particularly, uh, and I heard him saying this on the radio as well, uh, talking about regulatory intervention in the UK. Regulatory intervention in the real language means laws. And what he's actually talking about is the idea of a price cap for energy that this government is committed to. So uh, he's basically saying, we know this is coming in, it's gonna affect how we do stuff. And so what we're gonna have to do is cut back on jobs because it's gonna affect our bottom line. So let's have a think about what this means. Well, you could say this is bloody bad news for all of us. Because whatever you may think of Centrica, uh, the fact is, it is a huge company. It's a massive British company. Your pension, my pension, all the pensions that we have, everyone's is invested in that. Lots of government money is invested in funds that invest in Centrica. So if Centrica's losing jobs, that's not a good thing. What it does mean though, is if you look at it all, Centrica is cutting back to improve its bottom line. So in the end of the day, costs have gone up, it's having to cut. So it'll become a leaner company, but hopefully a better run company. And of course, for the good of everyone, the profits go back up and we can all invest in it. I'm not sure about this line about um, the price cap, because we don't know. We can stipulate, and I, I'm not favour of it, I think it's a stupid idea. You either have a market that's unregulated, you leave it for the market to decide, or you regulate the market, i.e. we basically nationalise as Mr Corbyn wants to do. But, Ian Conn is basically saying, we're planning for the problems that might come up with the price cap. So, I think that's a bit of kind of corporate speak, but who knows? The main thing is, you've got a big company like this, which is having to adapt, and they're having to adapt because the energy market is shifting. More smaller players are coming in. They're not going to say that, but of course, that's the thing. Smaller players are coming in, taking part out of uh, chunks out of their business. And of course, a lot of these jobs will go in what's called the back end. So it'll probably go in some sales staff, it'll go in people working on technical bits. It may go in the front line people, the engineers that you and I see driving around the streets. I don't think it's a great story, obviously, certainly not a great story for the people who work at Centrica. Hopefully, uh, most of them will find. Uh, jobs again, but it does show that there's a correction going on. Overall, sometimes in the energy market, you have dips that move on to provide something positive. So let's hope for that. Our our next story is about Sussex councils. Now, this is a lot of stuff that happened last year. It seems to be happening again now. So Your Energy Sussex, this will be a uh, council energy company, uh, a not-for-profit operating in East and West Sussex. And the idea is that they say they'll help consumers, their customers save about 300 pounds a year. Um, it's basically a bunch of council people tying up with Robin Hood Energy, if you remember them from last year. Been going for a little while now, run by Nottinghamshire Council. And it's another example as we did with um, Angel Energy for Islington. These are all companies run by councils to buy energy you could say this is great you can get another partnership that helps the end uh, customer you and i save some money but i've got my concerns about these things because as i've said before buying and selling energy is a complicated business right now we're in a bit of a lull in terms of prices but there is some volatility coming back how much have these councils brought in to Uh, Cope with that sort of volatility and what will it mean you can't keep saying? Oh, we'll buy cheap and hence your bill will be low Maybe for a little while maybe for a few months, but things will change. So Perhaps it's a good thing for the consumers down there It all depends on whether they vote with their feet and actually decide to go and buy their energy from this lot and Finally in this section uh, the City of London now if you've ever been out in the City of London at night It looks amazing That's because there's a shed load of lights on. And um, the square mile, you'd call it the city, but actually it's a bit more than that. It's run by something called uh, the City of London Corporation, or the Corporation of London. And they've been looking into the lighting. So they've been looking at various things, obviously replacing some of the stock with LED lighting. They've been looking at having remote controlled lights that go on and off depending on whether people are there. Do you really need lights on the streets if there's no one there? And also this idea, which I thought was quite interesting about Light pollution. Now you may well know this when you go out in the centre of town. There are so many streets which are so lit by all the shops and all the neon of the shops that you probably don't need your street lamps there. So they're saying, well, hang on, let's make this all smarter. Are we over lighting some streets when other streets are not lit? And obviously there are safety implications. So I think this is really good. I think it's a clever idea. It's a new energy efficiency plan. And if it comes in and it makes uh, the city save, A, some money for all of us, but B, you know, cut down on light pollution, you never know, might be able to see the old star at night. There we go. More stories coming up later, but now it's time for this week's Viewpoint. How would you like to get paid for doing something you're already doing? They would certainly like that in this office, but that ain't happening. (laughs) Octopus Energy have come up with a claim that they've got a new tariff that will pay you to listen to this use electricity that's right normally you've heard of schemes where they pay you to not use electricity you know use it at cheaper times etc etc this is a scheme that allows you to them to, to pay you when there's too much power so what happens is as the grid is changing we're having more and more uh, what they call instability or volatility in the grid because we have more and more renewable energy. So when the sun is shining, wind is blowing, we've got lots and lots of power. In fact, we've got too much power. So that power, where does it go? It doesn't go anywhere. It either gets wasted or you know they have to turn things off and move things around at the grid to sort of keep the balance. You know, when we have a shortage, obviously we want power up, but moving away from that stability of just coal and oil and gas plants, we'll have much more of this kind of volatility. So what Octopus are saying is that in this time when there's oversupply, they will send you a text and they'll send you a text that says, hey, Sumit, we've got lots of energy. Would you like to use your dishwasher now? Charge your EV if I had one. You know, use as much power as you want. Watch tons of Netflix right now. Because what will happen is you'll get a credit on your account for using the power when it's at a positive rather than pulling a demand on the grid. Um, This is known as sort of negative pricing. And what they're doing is something that happens in the business sector. So in the business sector, uh, businesses get told about price fluctuation every half hour because demand goes up and down constantly. And what they're trying to do at Octopus is give this to you and I, the consumer. I think this is very clever because um, why not? If you're going to have excess power, it's going to go to waste. Why not ask people to uh, use it at that time? It's called, you know, demand flow. And you basically say, hey guys, charge your EV. And we know that with more and more electric cars coming onto the road, you'll have more batteries and they're a form of energy storage. And being paid, great. Why wouldn't I want to be paid or get a credit when there's lots of power? That means that when it's in the winter and they're fighting, I've got all those credits already in my account, so I'm not gonna be charged. It could be, I think, the start of quite a clever bit of uh, A, marketing, but B, kind of uh, pricing going forward. Using this negative kind of uh, energy price as a driver to get consumers to react more. Whatever happens, we know that the grid will change as we go more and more into low carbon. And that means there'll be high peaks when we have much more renewable energy. And of course, we'll have to use that power. At present, that's very difficult to do, so if you can incentivize people to do it, why not? That's my view, what do you think? You can get in touch, obviously use Fuse at energylivenews.com. I take a breath every week. It's the Hack Hutch. How are you, young man?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Great story. Are you ever going to gonna wear a
0: proper shirt when you come into this place? Uh, no, this is my Jodie Williams shirt, so... God, says it all. <laughs> Hi, Jody. How you doing? Uh, anyway, go on. Tell me what's going on.
1: Okay, so the first story uh, that I thought was interesting today, this week, was um, about the smart meter rollout. <laughs> and so uh, the consumer group, which, which I'm sure everyone is familiar yep. with, uh, said that basically this rollout's way too slow because uh, it's meant to be done by 2020. Uh, oh. But if we were to achieve that now, we'd, the, comp- the energy companies would need to deploy 24 smart meters every minute. Yeah. So not day. Have you had
0: a smart meter at your mum and dad's place? No. No. No, I had a letter about a year ago saying, would you like a smart meter? I said, yes. They went, oh, sorry, we haven't got any smart meters.
1: I don't think we've even heard about it. uh, So that shows,
0: so what are they saying? This is just never going to happen.
1: Uh, no, I think they will happen, but just a long way off. And they say it's the t- same as it's never going to happen. By 2020, I think lots of people are going to be left out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and currently, I think the, U- the energy companies are putting down about 400,000 every month, mm-hmm. which is still quite a lot. But they need to be doing about 250,000 a week.
0: Yeah. Instead. Well, so
1: that's so it. A uh, lot more. Next
0: one.
1: Okay. So the next story we have is about Glastonbury. Uh, I've never been. Uh, what? No. Can't believe that of you. No, never been to Boston, Mr. Trendsetter,
0: no. <laughs> Mr. Festival Boy, Mr. Uh, Cutting yeah. Edge, yeah, yeah, All Social right. Butterfly, Social Butterfly. Yeah. So what's happening with the uh, the drunkos and stonos at Glastow?
1: Uh, it's becoming a common theme, but they're banning plastic oh. along with the Queen. So the Queen's ahead of Glastonbury. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically, obviously, it's full of hippies. I don't
0: know. Is it Glastonbury this year or is it next
1: year? No, it's 2019 because I think okay, this next year's, year uh, they're yeah, leaving heels. Yeah, heal up from all the <laughs> yep. trampling. Um, but yeah, so it's full of hippies, and then they've done lots of stuff before, hippies. like put social power, uh, social energy. Yes. Uh, social energy, solar energy. Yes. Uh, to and they've power. done
0: recycling tents. We've done that story before. Yeah, so
1: recycling yeah. tents, solar energy, uh, urinals that used pee to power the lighting in there. They've done all this stuff. It's all good. Uh, and they have water fountains already, I think, since 2014. So they're ready to ban plastic because they could have done it before, really. Uh, But they're actually, I think, I don't know what happens, whether you get kicked out of the festival if you have a plastic bottle or what.
0: But, (laughs) yeah, that's happening there. We know that they can be used for various things. George uses them very regularly at festivals, don't you, Georgie?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) The word bingidy bong comes to mind. Anyway, yes, next one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um... Yeah, so, the last story is about drones. Um, So, people have talked about this before, like, you know, drones that fly around and what's the purpose of them. Uh, But now, lots of universities in America have teamed up to do this study. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously, it's a cool idea, drones, anyway. But they've actually said that it could save a lot of energy, uh, even if the drones were charged using coal, gas, it doesn't have to be renewable, uh, per kilogram package that they delivered. They would actually be a lot more energy efficient than. What, a hang
0: on, your Amazon or your whatever d- delivering this stuff?
1: Yep, with drones.
0: Just imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine so can, that when you say, all right, so I'm <laughs> going to order a whole lighting kit like we did. That's going to be one hell of a drone flying over.
1: Yeah, maybe a 100 drones, <laughs> screw by screw. Uh, but apparently it's more efficient and it reduces congestion on the world's roads. Uh, transport, I think, is responsible for about a fifth of emissions at the moment. And then delivery trucks actually make up a surprisingly large amount. And power. what about
0: drones with smartness, the AI drones that will kill us all?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, Skynet.
0: See, Skynet. No, there was a study this week and actually know about drones. Are. Yeah, about a- AI and should we be really careful about what we're doing? I find this very scary. Um, okay, anything else? Uh, no,
1: other than, as usual, get in touch with me or Pre uh, if you have any interesting stories or complaints, uh, legal issues, anything like that. Uh, <laughs> email us at stories at energylivenews.com and one of us will pick the email up.
0: It'll be her, not him. Yeah. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Goodbye. Cheers for having me. Lovely. Oh, he has learnt a lot. Okay. Uh, right, before we go, a couple of things. I'd like to remind you that we have a very special, in fact, out of this world, picking up from drones, uh, speaker, our headline speaker for Energy Live Future, which is taking place on the 7th of June. His name is Bas Lansdorp. He's the guy who is the CEO of Mars One. And here's his invitation to you. Hello, I'm Bas Lansdorp. I'm CEO and co-founder of Mars One. I'll be speaking at Energy Live Future in June in London, and I hope you will be there. I'll be speaking about Mars, about why we should go there, how we will go there, about how we will get energy on Mars. It's going to be an exciting event, join us. So there he is, a great speaker, really interesting guy. Come along to Energy Live Future. If you're an energy end user, you should be getting an invitation to it. Tickets are going very quickly. So make sure when you get that invite, you say yes. And if you can't come, that's it. No other chances on that one for any of your colleagues. So you must make sure you get that invitation and you put it in your diary. June the 7th. Here's some other dates for your diary. So coming up next month on March the 22nd, we have Energy Live Consultancy Conference. We've got our speakers all lined up. We'll be looking at issues around blockchain. We'll be looking at the whole sort of technology drivers. We'll be looking at Brexit. We'll be looking at what will happen to the financial markets and how it affects brokers and consultants. So if you're a broker or consultant watching this, then do sign up. We know we've got a lot of you already coming. Really good day of content ahead of that. June the 7th, as I've mentioned, is Energy Live Future. And at the end of June the 28th, we have the award-winning, the best awards in the country, Telka, the Energy Live Consultancy Awards. So again, watch out for that. Uh, deadline for those, if you are entering that, is April the 16th, if I remember rightly. So make sure you get your entries in. Okay, any shout-outs, Freddo? Uh, yeah, we've got a well done, well done, Johnny. Well done, Johnny. Yeah. Who on earth sent that message That's through? Fine. <laughs> what vizier for? Brazier for. My God, Johnny, what's going on there? Right, Excellent. <laughs> uh, we won't say that. Uh, so that's very nice. Yeah, well done, Johnny, for what? I have, I have no idea what he's done anything good at. Anything else? The same person prefers me in the red shirt. The same person prefers me in the red shirt. Thank you. <man. laughs> Lovely. Pink. That's good. This one's pink. Is that is that you? That's my other half, Christine. If that's you, that is wrong. Is your mum? Is it my mum? <laughs> give me my mum. Uh nothing from Kevin Corcoran this week. Uh, no, actually also not, I've got my, my Oh, a couple more shouts. Send Jeff to Mars I'm up for that one. <laughs> and Jazz loving
1: updates just
0: in touch whilst on, whilst on her Matt, Oh Jazz Rabadia loving the updates. How are you doing? How's the baby Jazz? Yeah, come on. Bring the baby in, we'll do energy efficiency uh, baby wear. That'd be great. We'll be up for that. Um, Okay, keep your shout outs coming. We've actually got an audience of about six people now. So this is growing. It's lovely. Eight, lovely. Um, Finally, (laughs) uh, a story that will warm the cuckolds of anyone who wants to do good things. And that's definitely not anyone in this place. A bunch of teenage girls in Los Angeles have decided to help the homeless by building solar powered tents that's right so what they've done is not actually helping them find somewhere to live but hey anyway here's a tent if you're living on the streets but uh, they've teamed up with a uh, charity called diy girls uh, partly funded by the uh, mit massachusetts institute of technology and they used a grant to develop these tents and the tents have usb ports they have like uv lamps all solar powered and it even probably does the begging for you amazing great stuff well, that's it for this week. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. There's also a podcast so you can listen to it uh, later on. I've been Sumit Bowers. You've been watching Short Fuse. See you next week.